0: Good evening. Welcome to Cedar Crest. Uh, For some of us, this is uh, a liturgy that we have been doing for a long time, preparing our hearts for Easter Sunday morning. Uh, For some of us, this is your very first Good Friday with us, or this is your very first Good Friday that you have been celebrating Uh, this year you came to know the Lord and so today is a different day for you a new celebration for you our time is going to be spent meditating on the hope-filled certainty that Christians have found in Romans 5 6 through 11 it will be a night that is filled with sorrow as we remember what Christ has done for us sorrow is to where we remember what we were once were but also joy because we're gonna remember what Christ has done for us and joy because we realize what we have now become we'll be spending time meditating singing, praying out loud and then partaking in the Lord's Supper as a symbol of act, a symbolic act of worship of what was accomplished and the things that we're going to be hoping for it was this day that he was oppressed and he was afflicted yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led, led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shears is silent so he opened not his mouth It was this day on Friday that many lost hope. It was this day that changed the course of history forever. Uh, We have I believe just an audio that we're going to play of it's, it's titled It's Friday but Sunday's coming. If you can visualize the scenes in your mind of what the preacher other preacher is saying for us
1: okay it's friday jesus is praying peter is asleep judas is betraying. but sunday's coming it's friday Pilate's struggling, the council is conspiring, the crowd is vilifying, they don't even know that Sunday's coming, it's Friday, the disciples are running like sheep without a shepherd, Mary's crying, Peter is denying, but they don't know that Sundays are coming, it's Friday, the Romans beat my Jesus. They robe him in scar. They crown him with thorns. But they don't know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. See Jesus walking to Calvary. His blood dripping. His body stumbling. And his spirit's burdened. But you see, it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The world's winning. People are sinning. And evil's grinning. It's Friday. The soldiers nailed my Savior's hands to the cross. They nailed my Savior's feet to the cross. And then they raised him up next to criminals. It's Friday, but let me tell you something, Sunday's coming, it's Friday, the disciples are questioning what has happened to their king, and the Pharisees are celebrating that their scheming has been achieved, but they don't know, it's only Friday, Sunday's coming, it's Friday. He's hanging on the cross Healing forsaken by his father Left alone and dying Can nobody save him? Oh, it's Friday But Sunday's coming It's Friday The earth trembles The sky grows dark My king yields his spirit It's Friday, hope is lost, death has won, sin has conquered, and Satan's just a laughing. It's Friday, Jesus is buried, a soldier stands guard, and a rock is rolled into place but it's friday, it is only friday, sunday is a coming
0: this friday was one of the darkest of days if not the darkest of days ever that had existed It was on this Friday that it felt as as if all was lost for the disciples, and so they ran in sorrow and in grief that their king was now dead. Fear had gripped them, and sorrow had captured their souls. It felt as if if all was lost because they forgot the words of Jesus that he was going to die and that he was going to come back to life. And as Christians, we're going to be meditating on Romans 5, 6 through 11. As Christians, we're the ones that have a hope-filled certainty that what happened on the cross is true. We're not ones who have a hope that we're going to win the lottery or win the jackpot. We don't put our hope in that. We put our hope in the fact that Jesus Christ is real. So we begin tonight by reminding ourselves that it was the Father who sent the Son. For God so loved the world that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It was the Father who sent the Son. we will be in Romans 5, 6 through 11. I'll read it for us. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Uh, We're going to divide it up together tonight, and we're going to start with verses 6 through 8. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one would scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If you're a follower of Jesus, then let's remember who we once were. Let's remember why Christ came to die. It was for the people who had total incapacity to do any good. He came for the ungodly. And here Paul is stressing that at just the right time, Christ came to the people that were helpless. When a man or a woman finds out that they have a deadly disease inside of them, their whole life changes. They seek and search for the cure. They leave no stone unturned. If you have found yourself helpless before an almighty God, that is a good thing. Because you realize that the disease that was inside of you was sin that was infecting your soul and laying it to waste. That you had no true reverence towards God. You weren't even inclined towards God. So tonight we need to consider, right, just who died for us who at just the right time cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me for us? I want to read the words of Spurgeon, and I want you to place yourself in here. Our Lord's death was penal, inflicted upon him by divine justice, and rightly so. For on him lay our iniquities, and therefore on him must lay the suffering. It pleased the Father to bruise him. He hath put him to grief he died under circumstances which made his death most terrible, condemned to a fellow's gallows. He was crucified amid a mob of jesters, with a few sympathizers' eyes to gaze upon him. He bore the volley of coarse jesting, who were cruelly inventive in their taunts and blasphemies. There he hung, bleeding from many wounds, exposed to the sun, and burning with fever, and devoured with thirst, Every under every circumstance, insulting pain and utter wretchedness. His death was of all deaths the most deadly death. Emphatically, Christ died. It was us, the ungodly. We were helpless before God. If you've never found yourself helpless before God, an almighty God, then I need you to be thinking tonight, Do you know God? Every person who says that they're a follower of Jesus Christ has come to a point where they realize that they could do nothing to save themselves. They came to a point where they had to cry out and say, God, save me. And that's a joyous thing. Because they were living in Friday for way too long. Because when you know that Sunday is coming, and that Sunday has already happened, your joy, your perspective, your life changes. Verse 9. Since therefore we now have been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. Friends, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ and placed your faith in Jesus Christ, then you know that you were guilty. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I don't know if you've ever faced a circumstance where you had to stand before somebody and you were guilty. The more you talked, the more foolish you became. The more evidence that came out about what was going on, the more ashamed you felt. There was no trying to defend yourself at that moment. And the more you, you spoke, the more you made yourself look bad. There was no hiding, no amount of transference onto somebody else. This is not even something that you had done. They started pointing out who you had become. So it leaves you completely vulnerable, exposed, feeling naked, feeling ashamed of what had become of you. How did you get to this point in your life? Now stand before a holy God and get ready to face His wrath. But Christian, that's not for us. We have already been justified. And God's love has been clearly shown to us by the death of His Son, Jesus Christ. Justified is a legal term saying that you are no longer guilty. You have now been found right. We now have peace with God. We now have access to God. We now have assurance of God's presence. We now know that when trials and tribulations come our way, we will be okay because God is with us. We will not fully understand this until the day that the Lord calls us home. The day that we are fully glorified in heaven with him. Because on that day you will no longer be living in this tension of the already, but not yet. For the blood of Jesus has been spilled for your sins. But what do you think was harder for God? Putting the full wrath of a holy God on the perfect and holy Son of God and having his blood be the one that was split, that was spilt, and, or extending grace to a guilty person. I would encourage you to think of the first and not the latter. I would encourage you to think that nothing was hard for God to. Friends, the miracle is not that you have been saved. The miracle is that it was Christ who saved you. If God chose any other means, we would still be rejoicing in our salvation today. But God showed us what love really is by sending his only son to die on the cross for us he knew that he was the only one that could fully justify us he knew that it was his blood that had to be that was the one that had to atone for our sins so if God could send his son for us do you think he could save us from his wrath I believe so we were guilty but we never but we have been acquitted never to face trial again We don't have that hanging over our souls for the rest of our lives. The trial date has been erased. The shackles of sin have been thrown away. The court documents saying you were guilty have been destroyed. It has been decreed that our souls are finally free to live in for Christ today and never again to face the wrath of God for all of eternity. Verse 10 for while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life while we were enemies and for us in this room is before we were even born in existence being an enemy of God means that we were rebellious and hostile towards God we despised him we could care less for him he said it, we were doing the opposite. We were intentionally violating his ways and intentionally putting other gods before him. We were the ones crying out, we are the captain of our domain, you have no authority over me, how dare you say anything to me like that. In our hearts was bitterness and anger, we despised him. We were enemies. The word reconcile here is different than the word justify. To reconcile is a very relational term. It means to bring together or make peace between two estranged or hostile people. Talking about a deep relationship that two people had. A father and son being reconciled, a husband and wife being reconciled, two best friends, or a God to his people. This is very unique to Christianity. You can't find, possibly you could, but I doubt it, you can find another religion where God reconciles Himself to humans. Typically the reconciliation is the person fighting to get before that deity And then in fear and trembling, did they get it right? Not with our God. Not with Christ. We went from being enemies of God to now being His kids. His children. Well, we are invited to crawl up into His lap and be at peace. Well, we are invited to listen to His voice And know that He is God. Unfortunately, many times in our Christian faith, what happens is that we know that we have been justified, but this whole reconciliation, being right in a right relationship with Him, this relationship is hard for us because of the relationships that we have with one another. We take those relationships which are in strife, which are in turmoil, Which are not turning out well. And we transfer it onto our relationship with Christ. And we begin to think that our relationship with Christ is now shallow, hollow, whatever you want to say. It's a husband and wife who have not been getting along for years. And they're now become two ships passing in the night. And so they begin to wonder is there really any love in this? Is it really worth it? to remind you when we take our hollow relationship with one another and place it upon God we live as if it's Friday every day let me remind you that what Christ has done it was Christ who chose you before time began it was Christ who came to this earth It was according to the Father's will that Christ was was to be the substitution for you while you're an enemy of His. It was Christ who justified you. It was Christ who clothed you in His righteousness. It was Christ who reconciled you so that you're no longer an enemy but a child of God. It was Christ who saved you. It was Christ who continues to save you. It is Christ. It is Christ. It is only Christ you need not worry about your relationship with Christ when he is the one that saved you and more than that verse 11 here we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ that whom, through whom we have now received reconciliation now we can come to a time that our hope-filled certainty is turning into rejoicing Friends, true joy is completely isolated to Christianity. Nobody can share this with us. If you need need a reason to be a Christian, this could be it. We have joy because it does not depend on our circumstances or our performance of if we are saved. It is not what have you done for me lately. It's been taken care of. And so we're able to be at peace with God. I was talking to somebody earlier this week and they were trying to convince me some of Scripture doesn't apply to them. So I said, either it all applies or none of it applies. And we were looking in this passage. So either all of this applies to you, that you have been justified and reconciled, or none of it applies to you. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. All the iniquities have been laid on Jesus. And we can turn and live in joy and in peace. The sorrows and the troubles that you face, you are not alone today. And Christ instructs us To remind ourselves of this Because life gets weary Life gets hard Life does not turn out the way We dreamed it up to be And so we need the Lord's Supper Again and again and again To remind us Because we are prone to wander We are prone to take our salvation That belongs to Him And put it on ourselves And say I need to work harder To please Him I must do something. But that's not found in Scripture. I encourage you, if you have not found yourself helpless before this almighty God, let the elements pass. Because friends, grace is not cheap. It took our Lord Jesus Christ, his blood, shed on the cross for us. And if you're in this room and you're going to partake, realize that we were all enemies together. None of us were good. We were all ungodly. And yet the joy is that Sunday came. And that he rose from the dead and we get to be here today rejoicing with his spirit inside of us.